I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is going on, everyone? Mike Singer. This is usually where I say Tim Hyde. Tim is How out. How many subscriptions are you paying for? Rocket Money, um, find sneaky or forgotten. Oops. <laughs> uh, Tim Hyde is out this week. Uh, you know, he's uh, you know, it's just taking a week off. Um, so we got Tyler Horka and Todd Burlidge. My friend Todd will be joining us. Uh, on our post game show after Notre Dame and NC State, so um, wanted you guys to get familiar with Todd a little bit, but we will definitely miss Hyde. No Hyde is a tragedy, I, I, Isaac says. Trust me, you guys will get plenty of opportunities to hear my good friend uh, Tim Hyde. But uh, Tyler, hope you're you're doing well. Yeah, sorry about that uh, audio. I'm doing a fantasy football draft during this, so shout out to my guys in Flomo, Texas. Um, Wanted to shout out everyone in that league except for Tanner. Uh, he's going to lose. But, yeah, I'm ready to talk Notre Dame football for sure. Screw the fantasy stuff. We're here to talk Fighting Irish. I thought you did enough multitasking, Tyler, just on your Notre Dame stuff, no? Yeah, no, I do. And that's why it bleeds into other areas of my life, whether I like it or not. So I'm on the clock right now. Um, Travis Kelsey's got a knee injury, right? So I probably don't want to take him. Um, I'm hoping he plays, though. Yeah, I think everyone hopes he plays. He's he's a heck of a football player. Yeah, I got a bet for over a half touchdown for him. So I feel pretty feel pretty good about that. But if he doesn't play, then it's a wash. So totally fine with that. Uh, but yeah, like Convict Inc. says here, please do hit that uh, like button and subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel. If you have not done so yet, really helps support our channel and uh, push out more of our content to more uh, Notre Dame fans. Uh, Bernie says Hork is going to go bald again in four months. Yeah, Hork went bald <laughs> last year because uh, he was dead last, right? Yeah, that was another league, though. This one, um, okay. I don't think Let's we're doing see. the shaved head. So the league that my hair's on the line, I drafted pretty well last week, so I should be. Hork, I feel like you Hork was last place finish rebounded better than mine did. <laughs> should do the Yeah, no, I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. Yeah, I would I would do like the 24 hours you got to eat at Taco Bell and every time we're, there's I a think we're doing waffle room. house. We're doing waffle house for ours this year. So, you know what? If I lose this one, I, I consider that a win. 
I mean, I obviously would. I'd be like, I'm going to throw it on purpose. All right, let, let's talk some Notre Dame football. But let's also not, because to start here, I have to talk about Brian Kelly. And we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on Brian Kelly, but the guy just keeps putting his foot in his mouth. So I'm going to pull up an article here that Jack Sobel wrote for us at Blue and Gold uh, on Monday. And so Brian Kelly's talking about Notre Dame's priorities. And, and this is something that he hasn't shied away from. Like this isn't the first time he's talked about this. He said there are priorities at Notre Dame. And this was in an interview with ESPN. Uh, he said the architectural building needed to get built first. They ain't building the architectural building here first, right? Like uh, it, go, it goes on to say like we built a sports building here at LSU before they build the architecture building over football, right? At Notre Dame. So, um, you know, he said we're building the athletic training facility first and we're in the midst of a 22 million addition to our athletic training facility. It's something I said we needed and we went and immediately raised the money. Um. Some of you guys might know that I am a uh, big Liverpool football fan, right? European soccer. And there's a former player for Liverpool who left to go join the Saudi league. And he left to join the Saudi league for money. And then he does an interview this week and he's talking about, oh no, it's not because of money. And I'm just thinking to myself, just shut up. And he said all these other things. I'm like, dude, just stop talking. You are just burning your legacy at Liverpool. Just, just stop talking. Just stop talking. That's exactly what Brian Kelly just needs to do. Just stop talking. He did isn't so much good Michael, at Notre Dame. Michael, isn't it student before athlete at some point here? I mean, when we totally lost sight of student athlete, you know, I mean, for him to say, oh, they, they're going to build academic buildings before they build athletic buildings. I want no part of that. I thought that was a little, a little over the top. But it's a good point. It's, it's like he turned 60 years old because that was pretty recent, right? And he's just yeah. like. I can't do it with this Notre Dame righteous academic stuff. I need a win, win, win. And that like his whole persona has changed. Not that he ever was at Notre Dame, the, Hey, I, I'm, I'm fully bought into Notre Dame and we're different. Like Marcus Freeman has taken that and run with it, but maybe in like 20 years, Marcus Freeman changes course too. Like, I don't know. Maybe this is just like, uh, not even, would you consider 60 midlife? Like, is this a midlife crisis for Brian Kelly where he's just like, saying all these things because you're right mike like dude just be quiet like you don't have to say this you can go to lsu and try to win your national championship without saying this and this is another point about this uh did we say who where that story ran it was espn right and it was like a it wasn't just a press conference quote or something it was hey i'll agree to this sit down and we're gonna talk and you can kind of dictate what you say in those things or or, or just not agree to it in the first place and he's like, yeah, no, we're going to do the story almost two years after I've left the place, and, and we're going to rehash this again. It, it's kind of nuts. Really is. You're muted, yeah. Mike. Yeah, it, it, it's a great point, Tyler, because it wasn't he wasn't led into this. He just kind of fed off it on his own. I, I don't know what, what it is about him that he can't get off it, but he can't get off it. And Obviously, he's off to a, a rougher start than what Notre Dame is at this point, which is always fun to compare. I mean, we'll, we'll forever, we'll forever compare the you know Brian Kelly and Marcus Freeman. Obviously, walked away from last season with a different feeling, being that Kelly won the West and got to the, the SEC title game and, and all that stuff. But 
Uh, I don't know. It, it was just, I, I kind of, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed watching Brian Kelly struggle on the sidelines as FSU really did a number on him. Absolutely. And again, just, you said it the first time. I think that was fine. Exactly. Like, if you want to be honest and give your reason, but like, why do a sit down to talk again? Very strange. And then one more thing about Brian Kelly, right? So I see this tweet in its quotes. That's not something I would ever say regarding Brian Kelly. And the context is LSU football coach Brian Kelly on the quote unquote, we're not going to beat the heck out of Florida State, end quote, uh, that was circulating through the past week, right? So there was a big, uh, you know, locker room headline type stuff for Florida State when Brian Kelly says, we're going to beat the heck out of Florida State. And then Brian Kelly goes and says, that's not something I would ever say. Play the tape. We're going to take 15 freshmen on this trip um, and 14 transfers. So uh, nearly 40% of this travel roster are going to go overnight for the first time <laughs> with LSU. So, um, and, and that's not a disclaimer of, of any kind. We're going to go beat the heck out of Florida State. But hmm. All right. So I've seen a lot of LSU fans on Twitter come to Kelly's defense and say, oh, well, that was taken out of context, which I would also argue with, but let's, let's just, let's just give them that. Let's just say maybe it was taken out of context. Again, I don't think it was, but let's just say it was. He still said it. He said he didn't say it, but he did say it. Guy, it, it it's just. Well, Tyler was there. The, I, you know what? I'll never forget it. And Tyler, thank you for your great reporting that morning, that that particular morning when he rolled through and you were there and you got the video. I'll, I'll never forget that video and, and the work you did on that. It was it was brilliant um, when he delivered. Yes. I mean, you can tell me better in two, a, like two minute little speech and away he went. Yeah, no, yeah. We also were the first to report everything that was said in that speech. Um, you want me to pull it up? Just had us the the speech. Yeah, if you've got that, um, I think I can find it. It was like our big. It's one of our. Well, we yeah, it was right before we left uh, the other place and came over to on three, and I just had a source say, "Hey, I think you might want this." And what I saw in the video it was very grainy video. Obviously, uh, somebody that wasn't supposed to be taking it took it, and everything that I saw lined up with like the rumors, like, "Hey, he he spoke in three minutes and dipped." I believe it was three minutes and 54 seconds. I got every word on there. Nobody said a word to him. He just left and that was it. And like, it is crazy how many bad PR steps he's taken ever since that Stanford game, which was like 45 to 14 or whatever. Like, like his last game at Notre Dame was a runaway. And then everyone's like, can we make the playoff? Maybe we'll make the playoff. We're 11 and one. And ever since then, it's like, has there been a, a good sentence with Brian Kelly's name in it attached to Notre Dame since then? Like, and it's, and mo it's mostly been his fault. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Todd. I, I demuted because I was getting a little feedback. Todd, Todd, go ahead. I think Mike's right, though. It, it, it's probably time for Brian Kelly to, to detach himself from this and, and worry about his current job than his previous job. It is interesting that he's still – takes his shots and whatnot. I don't know. That's an ego thing. I'm not sure what, what's that, what that's driven from. All right. So this, this video got 69,000 nice um, likes um, on our uh, YouTube channel. Yeah. We were the first to put this out. So we're just going to play it. 
Um, if you're listening back via podcast, you can just skip it. It's not, we didn't include the video. We just had the audio because we were smarter than that. <laughs> so we the, just, the video that. was literally so grainy. Like it was, yeah. it, it, and it, I figured it might out the person potentially in the cell where some weird interest right. in. So we'll go ahead and play this. Um, thanks for getting up here in, in short order, short notice. Um, as you know, I sent out a text last night trying to, um, give you as much notice as possible, given the circumstances that uh, we all know uh, that happened relative to social media and information getting out. Um, and look, I know we've been through this together. Um, I've recruited virtually everybody in this room. Uh, and I want to be able to tell you face to face, you know, why we're at where we're at, and that is very simply that um, the past 12 years have been uh, the most incredible 12 years of my life for me and my family um, being here at Notre Dame. Um, magical in what we've been able to build with the most incredible student athletes, the ones that I'm looking at right now. Um, and so many times people look at for a reason to blame or there was a reason for something. There was nothing here but first class in everything that Notre Dame has done uh, for me and my family. Um, I saw um, my time here as a blessing working with incredible men on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, but there comes a time where... Okay, I think we get the gist. I think we're good. So it was, yeah, it was as painful as I remember. Yeah, the Dynasty ISP says Dan, the audio still cuts deep. Yeah, I don't want to really listen to another two minutes of that audio where it wasn't even very loud. So yeah, that that's the that's the Brian Kelly discussion part port portion uh, of this show. Um, Todd, I, I have you muted, brother. If you were trying to talk, I was trying to talk. Okay. I you brought me on to talk. <laughs> Sorry, what's up, Todd? <laughs> Nothing. You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys because I remember through Brian Kelly's and I, I kind of bought in. He was winning. You know, he was doing his things. He was recruiting better. Everything was kind of on the upswing. But, man, all my close confidence, not necessarily confidence, but my father, you know, my my friends were like, man, I don't know. Bad vibe, bad vibe. I, I just I don't think you can ever get us over the top. He's just all about Brian Kelly. And I always thought it was I was like, ah, what do you want? What do you want? You know, and now I, after that moment, um, I kind of get it. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, hear from a sponsor over at uh, Game Time. Uh, and we'll talk about the Game Time coming up Saturday at 12. But before that, let's talk about Game Time. And folks, it is gametime.co if you're interested in buying any tickets um, for a multitude of different uh, you know, things that you, I mean, concerts, comedy shows. Uh, sporting events, obviously, you're going to want to go to gametime.co. The ticket buying process can be pretty stressful. You got to find the event. Uh, you got to get the seats you want. You got to go through that whole purchase process. It can be stressful, uh, especially you know if you be like me and, and buy some tickets last minute. And if you're especially for the last minute purchasers, you're going to want to go to gametime.co. Um, they, it's a fast and easy way to buy tickets. It's again sports, music, comedy, theater, even with killer last minute deals. 
Uh, best thing they guarantee you'll get the lowest price for a, and they'll or they'll refund you 110 and with promo code bgi you'll get 20 dollars off your first purchase so snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the app create an account use that promo code bgi for 20 dollars off your purchase download game time today last ticket uh, last minute tickets guaranteed lowest price guaranteed terms do apply all right let's uh awesome. talk a little ball um Tyler, you guys got to, uh, and, and Todd was there, I believe, as well, talk to some of the Notre Dame coaches um, and players Tuesday night. Tyler, first to you, anything stand out from you know your time talking to those Notre Dame coaches and players? Yeah, I think Jared Parker is always a very interesting interview. Um, he's like a combination of a little bit of coach speak, but he'll also shoot you straight. And one of those shooting you straight moments was we asked him, about the two-minute drill, which was really a one-minute drill and ended up being a 38-second drill against Tennessee State in the final minute of that first half. And we kind of asked him, hey, had you seen that in practice? Because Marcus Freeman alluded to it. He's like, yeah, I wanted to call those timeouts because I've seen it in practice. I've seen Sam Hartman do this. But then Jared Parker was like, "Nah, we had never seen it that fast. Like six plays, 38 seconds, 80 yards. Uh, we've written a few times about that at blueandgold.com, some really good reads with some of those quotes in there. But then I asked about the timeouts. I specifically asked, um, like, who who is that? Like, is that Marcus Freeman in his second year? Is he already saying, hey, let's call these things? And he said, uh, Jared Parker said, it's kind of like a baseball dugout when you're on the headset with these guys. You've got so many voices in your ear and they're all uh, at that moment, probably saying the same thing. So th- I think they were all on board like, yeah, let's get the the ball back to Sam Hartman because he's going to go down there and score a touchdown. Everyone in the press box was feeling it too. It, it was crazy. It was like, I don't know if we all knew that Tennessee State was going to miss the field goal. In essence, that kind of made Notre Dame's job more difficult because they had to go 80 yards as opposed to maybe you get a kick return and you only got to go 60-something or even if it's a touchback, you only have to go – 75 as opposed to 80 but missed the field goal they got to go 80 yards and just like everyone in the in the stadium expected Notre Dame scored a touchdown so I thought it was interesting to hear Parker say yeah we were all thinking timeout 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 because Mike at this like with last year's team and last year's quarterbacks you're not thinking timeout timeout there to get the ball back dude no no you're not you're like all right let's just take this lead into halftime so yeah. definitely uh todd anything stand out to you from talking to those guys on tuesday yeah I, I think what i wanted to ask uh jared about last night was the depth because obviously you know you have a couple blowout wins when it's 98 to 6 so you have plenty of time to, to put your your subs and even your walk-ons in but i i think it, the, the, those two opportunities they've used well to get a lot of different players in played three quarterbacks i think 16, I believe it is, working off the top of my head. Different receivers have caught pass catchers have caught have caught passes this year. A whole bunch of running backs have had a chance to do some stuff. But I think what I take away more than that, given that they had the opportunity to do this, is that this is a focus. This is something they want to do. They want to get these young guys. They want to get these freshmen in. You know, your great house and uh, your your love at running back. And, and you know, they want to get these guys in and get them experience because they're going to need it. And they understand that. And I think that's a different approach from what we used to see. And I remember a couple of years ago, whatever it's been, 
in the Brian Kelly era, my word, it'd be 53. I remember it was like 53 to three against Wake Forest or something ridiculous like that. And Ian Book never came out of the game. It was just, so I, I think that Jared Parker is making a concerted effort along with Marcus Freeman to play more guys. Again, I get it. You know, you, you played Navy, you beat the crap out of Navy, you beat the crap out of Tennessee State. So it gives you a lot of opportunities. But I did take away from Parker last night that even though in these two blowout wins, they're going to try to do this even in tight games. And, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, on this same show last week with Tim Hyde, who, if you're just joining us, he's obviously not on the screen. And Tim's been doing this show with me for, what, year, year and a half or so. Uh, he'll be back with us next week. He's just taking a little week off. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, but yeah, on this show, I said, I think Hartman will play a half. Give Steve Angeli a quarter and a half and then let Minchie get the last few yeah, minutes. And you called it. You called it. Tim thought it should be Angeli for the third quarter and and, and Minchie for the whole fourth. I was like, listen, Minchie, uh, Minchie got to throw two passes against Tennessee State. Angeli's first pass attempt was also no, no, it was Navy. I mean, <laughs> And Minchie's already got a leg up on Angeli from experience right there. So, I mean, just a few minutes there. Is, I think oh, geez, yeah, Angeli's going to need his reps. He's 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 QB2, right? I mean, exactly. So, and uh, I mean, knock on wood, if you if disaster hits and you need QB3, that's uh, uh, I don't know what you're going to have to do there. Don't have any good insight, but, but uh, I guess that's what he and I, I really liked his response. He said that that he explained how this was this is a plan. It, you know, it happened to work out perfectly with the big blowout wins. And we were able to do it earlier than we expected. But but from what I gathered from both Marcus Freeman this week and Jared Parker this week, it's something they plan on doing. They want to get these guys, these, even these true freshmen in. They want to work them and get and get them, you know, get them some reps. Would you I mean, would you agree, Tyler? Is that kind of what you took away? Yeah, that was the Jared Parker quote. Again, I talk about all these Jared Parker quotes that I love so much. Um he said something to the effect of, and this was in response to your question, Todd, how are we ever going to know how good these guys are or if they're good at all if they don't play, even if that's fourth quarter, third quarter against Tennessee State? Like, that's still reps. Like, I think you saw right. – and I know Jer Jeremiah Love's touchdown was in the first quarter. That just speaks to the depth of Notre Dame's running back group. But, like, the Jadarian Price touchdown, that was – confirmation reconfirmation of what he did in week one you're like oh wait he can actually do this over and over again like we have that if he doesn't get that opportunity in the second half against Tennessee State you don't really know you're still hanging on to what happened against Navy on his first carry he only played five snaps in the Navy game and you okay. had that one carry and you're like yeah that's it that's Darian Price what happened in the second half of Tennessee State was oh like he's a dude he can do this again and again so Jared Parker said it best when he was like, hey, this is our chance to know that the guys that we recruited and brought into this program are who we thought they were, and they're going to be what we need this year, next year, the year after that. And I think in this day and age of the transfer portal, you better throw these guys a couple bones here and there, man. I, yeah. I just, you, just, you just have to. Yeah, big time. I mean, look at Logan Diggs. Like, he's at LSU. It's a fantastic point, Todd, and I think that might be part of the reason why Notre Dame is playing five running backs. You need to keep these guys hell, or, excuse me, need, need to keep them happy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think in a perfect world, it's just a one, two, maybe three, 
you know, headed monster at the running back position. Uh, but of course, there's injuries, right? It's why you bring in a Devin Ford for that extra good depth. And um, but still, like, yeah, because I mean, look at Ford, he's probably not going to play this week. So now, exactly, in love and price, like, you need them, you know, yeah. and heaven forbid something happened to Jabron Payne, all of a sudden you have a three man rotation with Estime and love and price like you know what i mean like five running back the more the merrier in a in a room like that 16 dudes have caught a pass yeah that's crazy in, in, in one game right right in the tennessee state game alone now right. i have been making the point a lot like when push comes to shove and these games get tight notre dame's not gonna be doing all this of course uh, I've been, we, all I've compared it. we all understand that yeah i've compared it several times like an nba bench in the playoffs like it shrinks down from playing 10 guys to seven so that'll happen, but still, I do think that Notre Dame's going to continue to like have a lot of r- r- rotation at the receiver position. Bernie says, Singer never misses an opportunity to call a hide when he is right and hides wrong. I didn't say anything about what Tim said. Wait, did, or did, no, never mind, I did, damn it. Okay, all right, yeah, you're right, Bernie. Uh, hide, I love you. I know Tim's probably uh, going to watch this back whenever he gets a chance. So, Tim, I love you. I'm sorry for... For, for calling you out when you can't defend it. That was not my intention. Um, but yeah, boys, any anything else that stood out uh, from Tuesday, Tyler? Any, any, or Todd, anything else? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, I'll just do a plug. I, I spent my whole time with um, Jared Parker and then with Thomas Harper. Awesome story coming out on Thomas Harper uh, Friday. Hopefully talk to him about something pretty near and dear to his heart. So if you read the Jadarian Price story that I wrote last week, um, good. If you haven't, go to blueandgold.com. I like to, you know, Friday is my day to kind of take the helmet off these guys and show who they are. And uh, I think Notre Dame got a really good rental um, cornerback safety. You know, he's playing a lot of different positions for Notre Dame, really really at that nickel spot. But he made some good plays on Saturday. And and if you want to know who he is when the helmet's off, uh, Friday, blueandgold.com. Todd, you got anything? Anything else? Not really. I talked to Coogan as far as him earning that starting spot, that starting left guard spot. Um, you know, I, I guess it wasn't anything over enlightening. It did seem, you know, I think it struck us all when he actually won that starting spot because yeah. we worked through spring, summer, everything, you know, it was going to be Shrout and Christophic. And then for him to earn that spot, I, I don't, he acted, you know, I don't know. It was just status quo. Most of these offensive linemen is, you know, it, it, it's just kind of flatline stuff, which is probably for the best. <laughs> Unless it's Josh Lug. I miss Josh Lug in the media. I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he said anything. Yeah. Fun right, guy. Well, 
well, we, we will move along. Speaking of articles at bloomandgold.com, um, a staple on, of course, our website and magazine is the point counterpoint that uh, that Todd is always uh, contributing in. And so for the context, Jack published this article yesterday, but you guys would have wrote it, what, a week ago, Todd? Is that right? For the magazine, yeah. the point counterpoint? Yeah, it would have had to have been done before the Tennessee State game because it's it's a mag thing. Yeah, so I'm guessing you guys would have done this Tuesday or Wednesday. So the the discussion between Jack and, and Todd was which game should have Notre Dame on upset alert. And this is kind of where I wanted to spend the meat and potatoes on this show because so much has been made, <laughs> Todd, I see you, um, about the big three games for Notre Dame. It's, it's Clemson, it's Ohio State, and it's USC. Um. And then there's the, the, you know, the potential upset games. You know, your your Louisville, your your NC State, your Duke, which now looks like a much bigger upset than you know we would have thought coming into the season, uh, just because of how they looked at Clemson. And we'll we'll talk about Clemson here shortly too. Um, but yeah, Todd. So Jack went with Duke. And he called that a week ago, so kudos to yeah. He and you that, went with yeah. He called that pre Clemson. Good for him. You went with Notre Dame's opponent, and you called that uh, or, or yeah, yeah. He called right. He called it pre Clemson, and you called yours before. You didn't know that NC State would struggle against UConn, but do you still think that Notre Dame should worry about NC State? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, this team's loaded. I will let Tyler address the more specific player personnel stuff because he's going to be more gifted than that. But yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm trying to put a lot of stock in as far as the player development and all the players they played and all the love and the joy that have come out of the last two weeks with, with weeks with Notre Dame trip to Dublin and a home game against Tennessee State first HBCU game of all time, all that good stuff. It gets real now. It gets real Saturday, big time at NC State. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna glance at my notes here a little bit. Uh, NC State has won 16 of 17 at, at Carter Finley Stadium, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, working off the top of my head a little bit, I think it's 20 of 22. If you want to back it up even further than that, that's um, not been a real friendly opponent. Uh, Sam Hartman's lost there twice. He He's played okay. I mean, his defense let him down in a couple of those games, so I'm not going to lay two losses at NC State on Hartman all, all, all on his shoulders. That wouldn't be fair to do at all. Um, but this is a really good opponent, and I'm going to harp on it. I, I've been saying it all along. I've been writing about it. This is a pretty good ACC this year, a lot of good quarterbacks. And this is the honoriest ACC schedule that Notre Dame has ever had since they, they entered that agreement with playing at least five and sometimes six. They have six opponents this year, six ACC opponents, four of them on the road. All, all six of them won at least eight games last year. I think I believe it's five of them won their bowl games. This is a really strong, a really stout ACC slate. And I firmly believe I'll, I'll still put Clemson at the top of that list, but to disagree with Jack, I think this is their second toughest uh, ACC game coming up here Saturday. This yeah, is I'll, this I'll, is going to be a real battle with an experienced defense, right, Tyler? I mean, this, there's a there's a lot at stake here, and Sam Hartman. I'll, I'll get to it in a second, Michael, but I can give you some stats on 
on what Hartman's done against ACC opponents. And, and it's not, he's beat, you know, like, again, similar to what Brian Kelly did when he was here, he could beat up on the lesser boys, but man, he, he never really rose up to the big boys. And and I think some of Hartman's stats will, will bear that out. Yeah. And, and I'll, I want to go to Tyler in a minute, just to kind of talk about um, NC state and, and Hartman. Um, but uh I, I can't remember that if you, if you still want me to take this. I'm thing. sure Tyler has done so much research on Hartman. I think he's probably got it tattooed on his arm at this point, those NC State stats, Todd. Well, he may not know these. All right, well, let's hear him. Let's hear him, Mr. Burley. Boston in myself. Okay, so against the six ACC opponents that Notre Dame plays this year, against the six, obviously he won't play Wake Forest, right. so we can throw them out. So it'll be five. Uh, in his career – he was four and eleven. He was four and eleven against them. Uh, these five opponents. Uh, he was one and two against NC State. Zero and four against Clemson, Louisville. Two and three. Duke one and one, and Pitt zero and one. Um, so these have been tough. These these have been tough opponents for him. And I I I don't know. I mean, you can't compare different teams, different programs necessarily. But I think I think it counts for something. I do. I do think it counts for something, especially on the road. Yeah, I think it does. But also, you know, it's it, I I kind of cringe always when people like, and, and I understand your stats, Todd. But it's sure. Wake Forest versus those teams. It's not just sure. Sam Hartman, you know. So it, it, there's that context that's needed with so. But also, he could have stunk in all those games he lost. So maybe that's truthful. Like maybe he was the reason they lost. Uh, but um, I do want to say real quick about NC State for people being like, Todd, they beat UConn 24 to 14 last week. Do you guys know where that game was, by the way? The NC State UConn. I can get our crack staff of Mike Singer to look that up real quick. It, it was in UConn. It was in stores. Okay. Um, so I I guess that helps out NC State beating UConn in front of uh, 1,500 people or something. I'm, I'm kidding. Don't mean the straight shot to UConn, but. For people being like, again, NC State beat UConn by 10. I mean, NC State's got to be terrible. Remember, two of Notre Dame's losses last year were against, Tyler, would you say two, the two weakest opponents or two of in Marshall and Stanford? Um, yeah. Yeah, Navy was in that category. I think those would be right. the three. Yeah. yeah. And two losses and 35 to 32. So, you know – Notre Dame can can like it's it's not to be like oh, Notre Dame could never lose to a team like NC State. I mean, last year they did lose to teams like NC State and probably worse. Obviously, you have a different quarterback. It's a different team for sure. Um, but I want to throw that out there. Like, I don't think we should be overconfident. Like, this is and it's also a 12 p.m. kick, which is a little bit different and weird. Um, hey, the last yeah. time I went to a 12 p.m. kick in. What do they call it? The, the research triangle? Is that what it's called? I don't know. Tobacco triangle? Tobacco road. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. It was almost a year ago to the day. Notre Dame is, what are they, one and two? They're playing three or no, three and oh, four and oh, North Carolina. Yeah, right. And I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be bad. Like, yeah. Because you remember the cow win didn't look that good for Notre Dame either. And you're playing Drake May and all of those weapons. I was like, Notre Dame's going to get smoked. Notre Dame smoked North Carolina. Yeah. So. They put up like 550 yards. Yeah, it was crazy for sure. From what I've heard, though, NC State's environment, and Todd, you were rattling off the 16 out of 17, 20 out of 22. This is a tougher place to play. And I think 
Sam Hartman, who's been in the ACC for five years, can attest to that. I don't know what his uh, – actually, how about this? Sam Hartman was also 0-3 against North Carolina. Um, so North Carolina, NC State, he's got a 1-5 record against those two teams. Yeah, like I said, he was only – I found this pretty amazing. I'm going to look it up again because I was surprised. Um, 4-11 against the the – Five uh, opponents, ACC opponents, and then what the hell was it overall? Uh, dang it. I'll find it. Son of a gun. While, while Todd looks that up, I also want to discuss the, the big three. Because – uh, Ohio State and USC, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, they haven't looked great either. Yeah, I mean, obviously I didn't get – I didn't get to watch much of any of that, but like, I think I was saying it on Hey Horka the other day, telling Darren Pritchett, when I sat down in this very spot to finish my magazine writing for Saturday night, and I flipped on the TV over here, you know, some background noise, what happened in college football on Saturday, and the Ohio State highlight highlights came up, I was like, wait, what? 20, 23 to three with all these five stars and. Kyle McCord was supposed to be looking so great in, um, in in fall camp, and he's supposed to be the next great Ohio State quarterback. And twenty three to three, yeah. Indiana, twenty of thirty three for two hundred thirty nine yards and a pick. And it, it, it's at Indiana, and but no, oh, but that's that's a that's a raucous out atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, you know, on my bucket list. It's funny, my bucket list, Todd. <laughs> right. What's funny about that, Michael, because I actually graduated from IU. The funniest part about this is like when Ohio State played at IU, they would just buy season tickets to IU just because there were plenty available. So they'd just buy the season ticket package and maybe get to see Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, <laughs> might, might be cheaper, too. Than exactly. Right. Yeah, instead of a single game. That's yeah. Um, so yeah, 23 to three and 13 of the points came in, you know, second half. I don't know. Uh, it, 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 You're it, talking it, big three though, Mike, um, USC's offense still looks legit. I was actually just writing an article for tomorrow, blue and gold.com. Caleb Williams is averaging like, and he's probably not played in every quarter too, right? Like he's averaging 12.2 yards per attempt, 300 yards per game, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. Like Sam Hartman's done this. Caleb Williams is still like doing this. It's it's nuts. Yeah, spectacular to watch. Actually, the highlights are all off the chart. Yeah. yeah. So my thought on USC is that they did give twenty eight points to San Jose State. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, let's see how many without not really in garbage time. I mean, like right, it was twenty eight fourteen games. So it seems like USC, you know, is, is going to score a lot of points, but they might be susceptible. Susceptible. <laughs> and here's another stat on that. I don't have the, the yeah, actual stat in front up. of me. Um, Notre Dame was one of very few teams to hold them below 40 last year. So if they do that again, and Drew Pine scored 27 on those guys, I'm pretty sure yeah. Sam Hartman can score 40. So like Notre Dame could win that game 45 to 38, especially with it being at home. All right. So so rate them, guys. Both of you. Rate well, them. So well, you the big three. Well, then there's then there's Clemson who loses 28-7 to Duke. I don't know what to do about that now. Yeah. Let's I tried to watch it and I couldn't because of a uh, good old Spectrum and ESPN's dispute or whatever. But uh it's funny, DJU over at Oregon State, uh go Beavs, 
um, is just killing it out there. And, and Kate Klubnick is, you know, struggling, um, you know, struggled at Notre Dame last year. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know what else he's done. I can't say it followed the, his career so far. It comes in too tightly um, other than Notre Dame. And, the, and then this Duke game, 27 to 43, 290 yards, touchdown and a pick. How would you um, rate him then, Mike? Let's, 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 let's do this seriously. So the big three who, who's tough, toughest to weakest now, now we have a week in the books, Tyler. Uh, or does it's Clemson fall out I, of your big three? It is um, Clemson's on the road. So it's, that's tough. No, I think they do. Like, well, here's the thing about that Duke Clemson game. Duke didn't look that good. I came out of that game thinking Notre Dame can beat both of these teams on the road. Like that was what 13 to seven going into the fourth quarter. I actually had our colleague Jack Sobel over here watching the game. And when it went into the, when it went into halftime, was it also 13, seven and a halftime? Did nobody score in the third quarter? I don't remember. I think it was 13 to seven at halftime too. I was like, one of these teams is going to run away with this thing. Or maybe it was like seven to six. I don't know. It was close. Um, one of these teams is going to run away with this thing. Jack ends up leaving with five minutes left. Cause he's like, Duke's going to roll. Duke is smoking these guys. So, like, based on what I saw there, yeah, I think I do have to say that Duke is is better than Clemson, even though they didn't look great for, like, three quarters of that game. Riley Leonard looks better than Kate Klubnick. That's a thing. And then even when I was watching – I watched the entire game. Didn't miss a second of that game. When I was watching it, and I think somebody, either SVP or whoever SVP after the game was, like, interviewing or whatever – he was like, even though the talent disparity is supposed to be this, when Duke players caught the ball, it looked like they were going to take off from Clemson defensive backs. And that's been a thing for the last couple of years when Clemson hasn't been Clemson, right? We talk about last year when Notre Dame played them. Notre Dame's skill players just looked better than Clemson's. So, yeah, I, I think Duke is a tougher game than Clemson this year. Didn't answer the question, though. So we want to rank these, right? Rating the big three. We, we, I, well, yeah. So, so, so Clemson's out of my big three. I think. Oh, so Duke's in your big three. My bad. My bad. Duke's into my big three. Duke's into my big three. Um, and look, this has changed so much, but based on what we've seen, and we've seen a couple games of Caleb Williams, I'm putting Caleb Williams and USC number one, even with that defense. I just think, like reigning Heisman Trophy winner, he looks even better. He might be the second guy ever to win the Heisman in back-to-back seasons. That's nuts. Like you said, Todd, like the highlights are just ridiculous. Um, So I'll go USC, Ohio State. That's still very close because to me, Ohio State, just even though they only beat Indiana 23-3, to it's like Ohio State and they have this thing. Uh, It's in Notre Dame's fans' heads. I want to see what the people on this, this chat say in the comments. Like there's just a feeling around Notre Dame that, oh, we have to play Ohio State like, I don't know if we can beat those guys. Whereas until last year, until Caleb Williams, Notre Dame was beating USC every year. So there's not that stigma there that says we can't beat the Trojans. So, uh, but even with that, you have Caleb Williams. That's one Ohio state's two. And then, yeah, right now I think Duke is the the third toughest game on Notre Dame schedule, partly too, because you have to go from Ohio state to Duke. Like that's, that's emotional. It's not like, even it's to say if you beat Ohio State, yeah, you're riding high, but it, it, it's not like you have a week off the next week. And if you lose to Ohio State, then it's like, oh crap, if we don't play well this week, we might lose two in a row. So that Duke game became immensely more inter- interesting after Monday night. 
Can I give my my top three boys? Yeah, you're next, dude. All right, well, let's uh, do it after a quick sponsor. We're going to hear from uh, Barb Stevenson. And, and folks, if you're looking for that perfect gift for maybe a Notre Dame fan in your life, or maybe you see a, a piece from Barb, you're like, man, I just need that myself. You know well, you're definitely, she's definitely going to. I'm, I'm old school. Yeah, for sure. She's amazing. Todd's a fan, so you like to hear that. Look no further than the beautiful artwork of Barb Stevenson. She lives near the University of Notre Dame and has always been inspired to create pen and inks of the iconic buildings throughout the campus. In fact, she has been uh, commissioned by the University of Notre Dame many times to create artwork of those classic buildings to give as special gifts. Gifts, And now she has a selection of four Notre Dame limited edition pen and ink prints she is offering to our listeners and viewers uh, here at Blue and Gold. What makes each pen and ink print so unique and one of a kind is the hand-painted metallic gold she applies to each one. It is simply stunning to purchase and view Bob's art. Of course, for folks watching on YouTube, you're seeing these four prints uh, You know, go across the screen. This website to visit is barbstevenson.com. That's B-A-R-B-S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-O-N.com. So barbstevenson.com. Or you can give her a call, 574 574- Two one zero eight three eight eight. Order now and receive free shipping anywhere in the continental United States. Order today, barbstevenson.com. Wow, Barb Stevenson is epic, man. She's epic. She's legendary in these parts, Michael. I love it. She's been a great sponsor for us at Blue and Gold as well. Um, and uh, and yeah. So my in terms of my top three. Again, someone commented a minute ago. Um, someone's or, all right. Are we okay? Your audio's cutting out for Mike. All you guys, Hork is glitting. Okay, my audio's video's okay. Maybe it's your uh, maybe it's your internet, Corey. Maybe your internet is crap. I don't know. Everyone's sounding fine for me. Um, so maybe it has adjusted here. So hopefully we are back. You guys, let me know in the comments um hopefully it's okay I'm, I'm just teasing your internet um there but uh but anyway someone said a minute ago you can't judge off of one game i i get it but it's what we do it's what exactly it's what we do dennis i missed this by the way it says you can't compare sam's record because the supporting cast is so different i i, I completely agree and again it's yeah, it's, not only the, yeah, it's not only a different cast it's it's it's, it's there's so much different but I do think it's – I talk about data points all the time. It's interesting data points. Uh, but, yeah, I really do appreciate the the Super Chat, Dennis, and, and a good comment um, as well. But uh, I think it's kind of a big four now. I, I think you throw in Duke. My prediction for Notre Dame. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You guys remember that bold prediction segment uh, You know, two or three weeks ago? I said Notre Dame 11 and 1. And I predicted them to beat everyone but USC and for Sammy H to uh, to be in New York for the Heisen ceremony. Now, I don't know if he's going to win it. Um, but, uh, yeah, Peter says jump off and then back if you're having audio issues. So 
yeah, I think it must be a YouTube thing because everything for me hosting it and producing it looks okay. So hopefully it's okay for everybody else now. Um, I would probably go USC still one. Um, gosh, it's got so many hate comments from people being like, how dare you, Mike, pick USC to, to beat Notre Dame? What kind of journalist are you? I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah, exactly. What kind of journalist am I? The one who is going to put biases aside. I try to do it as best as I can. The objective one, Mike Singer. Big J. Big J, Mike I'm Singer. Big J journalist, Mike Singer. I have no biases. Guys like Steve Angelo. Mike Singer bias. No, never. I would never just love up a certain player or coach or anything like that. Yeah, never me. Big J journalist. Uh, they call me NB around here. No bias. No, no, yeah. yeah. No, really, they call me BS. They call me biased singer. Just I'm straight BS. <laughs> um, but anyways, I, I said 11 and one, so I'm going USC one, Ohio State two. The and then I think like Clemson and Duke are like kind of equal to me now. Yeah, because the thing, and Duke to the equation for sure. The the thing is, you got to look at where they fall on the schedule as well. Look mm-hmm. at Duke right yeah. after Ohio State. That's interesting to me, Todd. What are, what are your thoughts? Well, no, I mean, and I'll tell you what, that Louisville won't be any. Yeah. That's not going to be a gimme either, man. That's that the meat of the schedule is coming up fast and hard here. That's what um, she said. Yeah, what I guess what I'll go with is I, I respect Tyler's point of adding Duke to that equation. I still think winning in, at Clemson is going to be really difficult, but I would yeah. go as far as if I was – going to still rate the big three games i'm still going to call them the big three games i'm still calling usc ohio state and, and clemson the big three I'm, I'm not going to deter from that um but i i would say that ohio state's going to be the toughest to beat usc yeah. the second toughest and then maybe I, I don't know clemson's won 49 to 50 at home so you can slice it however you want you can take that duke loss however you want it's still a good football team um but i do agree with you guys i mean you know, why not throw slap duke into this equation louisville i mean pitt's always a pain in the ass pitt is always a pain in the ass their acc schedule this year is really tricky man every single all six of them won eight games last year obviously wake forest with wake, with sam hartman might be a little bit of a different standpoint but these are really good football teams here. Clemson over the last three, four years has won. Ah, anyhow, Pittsburgh's right behind Clemson on win total conference-wise. That's a good football program that really flies under the radar. They always play Notre Dame tough. They always play radar, uh, Notre Dame tough. And then Louisville will not be an easy game either. This is a really tricky ACC slate, and I tell that to a lot of people, and they all they all just dismiss it as, oh, they won twenty in a row. What's what's going to be the difference this time? But I think this is going to be a really tricky slate, you know. And then you add the the USC and Ohio State into that. If Notre Dame can survive this, man, if they can, I you know, depending on who they lose to, I still think they could be a playoff team with one loss. I, I really do. Completely agree. As long as they don't get boat raced at home or something, you know, I I think, man, I'm bullish on this Notre Dame team. I'm very excited. And for I, I, I'm all about like good context and data points and everything. So for people being like, listen, don't 
it's just in it's just Navy and Tennessee State. Look, I get it. I made this point, Todd, on our uh our recruiting update video with, with Darren Pritchett. Talk about mm-hmm. you know sure. icons and, and South Bend. You gotta love Darren Pritchett. Sure. Um I made the point like when and I hate to bring up Tyler Buckner. I'm gonna bring up Tyler Buckner real quick. When he was in high school dominating his junior year, accounting for 81 touchdowns, Todd, we were all just enamored with the talent. We were just so excited about what you see. And we had the the caveat of like, yeah, he's playing against terrible competition. I mean, that San Diego ball he was playing, you know, yeah. against those private league schools, really, really bad. I mean, I think it's like 90% of players played both ways. So it was really, really bad, but you can see the the good, and you could see the the to use a, a a Brian Kelly phrase, you can see these traits. So I just think it's unfair against Notre Dame to just say just Navy and Tennessee is what you should do. Do you not again? Do you not remember those worst three opponents Notre Dame played last year and how terrible they looked and lost two of the games? So that's kind of where I'm like, folks, let's let's you can be excited um, about you know, how, how Notre Dame's looked now, of course, that, you know what, Mike, that's a really good point. You're right. You know, cause I mean, it's just sort of what me and Notre Dame fans do, you know, it's like if they beat a good team, well, that team wasn't very good anyways, you know, loose emoji used to talk about this all the time, but man, if you get, if you get beat, man, Oh my God, the sky is falling. It, it never changes. Yeah. I mean, but never exactly never right. Seems, you, you know, never what, as good as it seems or bad as it seems, Todd. That's the Lou. What's your favorite Louism, by the way? What's that? Do you have a favorite Louism? Uh, my favorite Louism would be. I can give you mine if you're wanting to think. No, go ahead. You go first, man. I, the, just... the best Lou would always say is defense in the Big 12 is just a whisper <laughs> or a rumor. No, he's like, defense in the Big 12 is just a rumor. <laughs> he told a story about. Um... I wouldn't do this right now. I'll blow it. Um, the old, old, old Michigan State coach. Dang it. If you guys could come up with that. But he said, you know, you know what, Todd, when if you go six and oh, he, he the coach said this. God, I can't believe I can't remember his name, but it was the old, old school Michigan State coach. He said the old, old school Michigan State coach. You can walk out the tunnel with your thumb up your ass backwards. And they're going to tell you that's how you do it. <laughs> but if you're owing six and you walk out the tunnel with your thumb up your ass, they're going to fire your ass. <laughs> fire your ass. Wow. I, love oh, it. I need to look that one. I can't remember. Right. I like that. Is that appropriate? No, we no, we, we talk about thumbs up our asses all the time on this show, man. That's it's actually <laughs> what we're going to talk about next. Kidding, of course. Um, our last topic here, I wanted to go over the AP top 10. And of course, the AP poll has not meant a whole lot in, you know, decades really at this point. Um, you know, the, the BCS didn't use it. And now, the obviously, it, it's kind of just a placeholder for us before we get the college football playoff rankings. But um, the full, here, here's the top 10 in the AP poll. You got Georgia 1. With 58 first place votes, Michigan got two verse two first place votes. They're in their two spot. You got Bama's in three. People are loving Florida State, giving them three first place votes. They're at four. And then to round out uh, the top ten, you got Ohio State, USC, Penn State, Washington, Notre Dame, 
and then 10 is Notre Dame. Um, so I don't know, Tyler, do you have any thoughts when you see this? Like, oh man, how is this team ranked high, this high or this team ranked that low? Or And then any thoughts about where Notre Dame is specifically? You think that's fair? Because I think they were 13 to start the season and they moved up to 10. Yeah, and I think it's too early yeah, for the – oh, Ty, Ty and Todd sounds too similar. I don't know who you – who are you queuing up there, Mike? I don't remember. I thought I said Tyler, <laughs> but I might have said Todd. Might have said Todd, but Tyler, go ahead. It's, it's probably too early for the what the heck is this team doing in the rankings or, like, at this specific spot. Um, I think 10 is a good place for Notre Dame. Like, you beat Navy – and Tennessee State, and you move up three spots. Like I think that's the the voters saying, "Hey, we noticed what you did." So that's a good thing for Notre Dame. Um, all those teams are good. Let's face it, the top ten. If you're looking at every single team that's above Notre Dame, they all have really good quarterbacks. Is what sticks out to me. Um, Ohio State, the jury's out on that. Obviously, uh, I know Georgia's starting a a guy who doesn't have a lot of experience in Carson Beck, but I mean Michigan has a proven quarterback. Alabama's obviously a different story at quarterback, and our old friend Tyler Buckner is in that conversation. But like Penn State has a good quarterback in Drew Aller. We talked about Caleb Williams at USC, uh, Milton at Tennessee, Michael Penix at Washington. Like, w- w- what's the commonality in all of these teams in the top 10? They have good quarterbacks, and Sam Hartman is just another one of those. So, and then uh, I know Cameron Rising didn't play for Utah, but He's nipping on Notre Dame's heels there. And, and Quinn Ewers is supposed to have a really big season at Texas. He's right there at 11. So, uh, and even LSU, the the 0-1 team in there has a good quarterback in Jaden Daniels, excuse me. So you need a good quarterback to be in the top 15. Notre Dame realized that, went to the transfer portal, got Sam Hartman. And here they are in the top 10. And if they keep winning, uh, I mean, if if they're, what, what would it be, 5-0 and if they beat Ohio State? Would that be the fifth game? Um, yep. Yeah. yeah, that's top five. Like you think Ohio State's going to keep winning and if, if like USC might hop them or whatever, but Ohio State's probably going to be in the five to seven range on September 23rd. If you're Notre Dame and you beat them and you're five and oh, you're, you're knocking on the top five door yourself. So I, I have no problems with this if I'm a Notre Dame fan. Mr. Burledge. Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, that's what makes rankings are rankings you know it's a bunch of bs this time of the year but you know obviously the big ones come out later but you're right i mean you get this one this week at nc state you're gonna beat central michigan well i maybe don't get too hasty there after what happened last year but uh, you get my point um and then you set up a top five showdown i totally agree with you tyler uh against ohio state um I think what I want to ask you about is as we talk about these quarterbacks and we talk about Alabama, you know, Tyler Buckner is it, it, what's Drew, what is Drew Pine? What's Drew Pine's situation? What's Tyler Buckner's situation in Alabama? I mean, Notre Dame had to give up on these two guys, not necessarily intentionally, but man, I, I, it just looks like they made the right move to, to make this call. And it, it's tough because you want to, develop the quarterbacks that you recruit. Isn't that the, sort of the goal of this whole thing? But man, it just seems like more and more that, that, that it's just a portal project with the quarterbacks. I, I find that strange. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah. What was the number? I think I saw a tweet. I don't know who it was from. Like half the quarterbacks in the FBS are transfers and 
Sam Hartman right. is one. Uh, Caleb Williams is one. Bo Nix is one at Oregon. Michael Penix is one. Like oh, Penix is one. I didn't realize Penix is one. Okay. Yeah, he started at Indiana. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I. He's an I. He's an IU guy. So it's weird that at, at Notre Dame we have this conversation, and and I agree that like Notre Dame needs to home grow a quarterback at some point, whether it's Steve Angeli, Kenny Minchie, CJ Carr. Right. But like. If you can go get – you're not going to get Sam Hartman every year. That's the thing. But if you can go get a guy like that, like all these other schools have done it. Notre Dame just did it. You do it, obviously, because we wouldn't be talking about 11-1, and one, like Mike was saying, if Tyler Buckner was this team's quarterback. Let's, let's face it. And Marcus Freeman realized that, and he went out and got Sam Hartman. Now, here's the thing that we can't do. We can't talk about a transfer quarterback for 2024 because we have no idea who they're going to be. Like – that's what I was going to say. Yourself, are, we, are we having this conversation every year, guys? Yeah, we could be. But, like, on September 6th of 2022, so exactly a year ago, who was watching Sam Hartman? Like, like Notre Dame fans. Who was like, yeah, that's our quarterback next year? Nobody knew. Nobody had any idea. So, like, right now we're sitting here. Notre Dame's quarterback could be doing, like, great things somewhere at some school. I don't think I mentioned him and all those quarterbacks that I ran down in the top 25, but – he could be out there somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, we just don't know. Yeah, Dennis says you need to double Tyler's pay. Tyler, uh, you know, since I make that decision, I got you, bro. That's uh, that's 100% on me. I'll have hey, to clear I, with The Bob. only thing double about me right now is the, the two cough drops that I just put in. I don't know if you saw me leave the screen there for a minute. I, I did. I was wondering attack. if you had to run to the Eyes, bathroom. <laughs> no, 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 no. Eyes were watering, coughing. Um Dublin did me dirty, man. I came back with a little cold, uh, whatever it was. Uh, it was worth it, though, Todd. Let me tell you, it was worth it. Yeah. Megan McConaughey. <laughs> All right. Uh, to continue on this point, I agree. Like, you want to see Notre Dame have a homegrown quarterback, you know, that, that term you used. But what's more important, that or winning as many football games as you can? And I think that if if Sam Hartman, let's say let's say Sam Hartman goes on and and has this tremendous year, improves his draft stock from a seventh round undrafted fringe guy to now a fourth fifth round pick. Tyler, you said Notre Dame can't get a Sam Hartman every year. Why the hell not? What if they yeah. are now the blueprint for man? Look at yeah. how much like Notre Dame can even kind of have the recruiting pitch of you want to know how many figures mm. or how many, you know, uh, digits there were on on Sam Hartman's NIL money he made at Notre Dame. Yeah. Like it can hell, it could become transfer portal, transfer portal quarterback you. And yeah, like this, what I'm saying. And then for like the high school recruiting part, like, yeah, you're gonna continue to recruit high school guys and the, well, the, the Jack Conex the Jack. Cone experiment went well. So, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. You, you hope you have one of those good quarterbacks that hits and, and, and you you have them as a sophomore starter or something like that. Um, but like Tyler's point about this is now, what, 50% or so, if not more, of cultural ball. Like, yeah. they'll be fine. This is what's happening everywhere else. So why not at Notre Dame? So I'm totally fine with it. I'm cool if Notre Dame goes and gets another transfer quarterback why can't I speak tonight? Another chance for quarterback and three out of four years or something like that. I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, 
you know, I might cry a little bit because that would probably mean Steve Angeli doesn't start, but I'd be okay with it. Yeah, it's just I, – I don't – I wouldn't want to be a college football coach. Younger because, guys, though. I mean, just, just – th- That's what the point that I was just going to get to is, like, how do you roster manage this if you're a coach? Like, how do you keep Steve Angeli happy if two years in a row you bring in – doesn't. He doesn't. You don't, right? He He's probably out. leaves. And yeah. then it's Minchie and, and Carr. That's probably so it, right? So, like, now where I are – I can't speak for Angeli. You know, I know everyone thinks I probably know everything that goes on in that kid's head. I haven't talked to Steve in a long time. That's that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying like Steve. I that's what I'm being told. But it, would you, you would imagine? I mean, you were a gifted wide receiver back in the day. If you were if you were in that <laughs> position, you kept bringing in portal receivers. Wide receivers. Yeah. Obviously, receiver, quarter, quarterback, and quarterback and tight end are two you know spots where you usually don't wait it out. Yeah. You know. Maybe tight end, not as much in Notre Dame because they play so many. But there's always, you know, the you have one quarterback on the field at a time, right? You usually have one tight end. So if you're down the depth chart, you're not going to be starting for a while. You'll usually dip. So I, I think it's usually about like that junior year. If you're not the guy, you, you want to use your eligibility somewhere else. So it's an interesting discussion, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so. it, it's gotten to a point of – do the best that you can for the season that's coming up. And that's what Notre Dame did. And in December or maybe even November, you start to look at like the way things are going, not just with your program, but across the country. Cause like I said, and like you're kind of leaning Mike, Notre Dame's quarterback could be out there somewhere. Like I, I want to reiterate that point that nobody in their right mind thought that Sam Hartman would ever start a game for the university of Notre Dame in September of last year. Like, like who was saying that already? It just popped up in November when it became clear Notre Dame's going to go get somebody. Here are the names. Like, do you remember that whole thing? People were talking about Brennan Armstrong and Hudson Card and Devin Leary even before Sam Hartman. And then, poof, it was Sam Hartman. And everyone's like, okay, it's Sam Hartman. Here we go. This is what it's going to be. So we, we won't know until, like, December or January. I want to make a quick point. Sorry, Todd. And then, the, and then the entire quarterback room cleared for Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah. So the the, that, the people talking about people talking about the home like oh they developed Deshaun Kaiser. The one time transfer portal, like the transfer portal and the one time transfer rule where you can transfer once and not have to set out a year, that has changed everything. And now the NCAA, I mean the amount of waivers you can get to not sit out is crazy now. So it's totally different. Um, it's just a totally different like sport college football is now, but um, I think we're going to, we're going to put it there. Tyler and I got to record another video right after this. So our final thoughts, observations and prediction that will run Friday at noon. Uh, and then Saturday, Todd and I will break down Notre Dame's tilt against NC state Tomorrow, 10.30 a.m., myself and Kyle Kelly will have our uh, weekly recruiting live show, so please do join us. Of course, this is all Eastern time. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of the YouTube lineup here for the next few days. Of course, Goolsby Show, Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern time should be a good one as always. So we will definitely look forward to that. Uh, and uh, as we close, Wicked Bronco Production drops a $20 super chat. Always appreciate the support, my friend. Says I tried telling people Duke was going to be a real threat for the ACC this year, and that will be one of Notre Dame's trap games. I believe Duke has a bye week 
when Notre Dame plays Ohio State, no matter what happens, Notre Dame comes off OSU emotionally drained. I, I think made that all... point earlier. I, yes. I, I think that's a serious thing. If Notre Dame wins, it's like, how do we sustain that and try not to come down from that? If they lose, it's, shoot, we're playing another really good team. How do we not let this snowball? So that's a, that's a tough spot for that Duke game to be. 100% agree. Yeah, and right. as Goolsby and Zorch, you know, talked about Sunday, like Notre Dame is always a lot of these other teams Super Bowl. So you tell me, you know, Duke and if Duke's undefeated and, you know, Notre Dame's one loss or undefeated, like that's a, you know, an 8 p.m. You know, type game. So it's going to be a crazy environment and everything as well. So we get Bronco Productions. So uh, appreciate the support as always uh, in that, that $20 Super Chat. So, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap up this week's Notre Dame football show. If you're like, where's Tim Hyde? He's off this week. He'll be back uh, for next Wednesday's show. Uh, but yeah, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, please do hit that thumbs up on this video if you've not done so yet. Subscribe to our channel for more content. And as always, folks, we will catch you next time. Thank you so much for watching. See you, boys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.